0: With your hosts, Allie Terry and Nat Strawn. Oh, we did it to you yeah, because I didn't say it, Nat Strawn, I said Allie Are Terry. Are you confused? Can you tell whose voice is whose yet? We're not going to help you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's two deep voice bitches i think it would be funny if we were just like can you tell whose voice it is and then it's just 45 minutes of silence yeah
0: <laughs> that would be very haunted and then we'd be like oh you couldn't hear any of the podcast we can hear it we got new microphones you guys you guys thank you so thank much Thank you so much last episode was dog shit we are aware that the audio was dog shit let's explain natalia do you want to explain what it was like recording last episode
1: No, because I just have blocked it out of my mind and I can't go back there. There's just some things that some problems just can't be solved. And so I just have to like sweep them underneath the rug, you know, because I'm like, this is just going to take up too much of my life to try to like untangle this web of bullshit. So it was
0: it was very haunted. Uh, We were sitting on the floor of a bathroom. Yeah, yeah yelling we were getting just increasingly angry not with each other just uh, like in general just everything yeah yeah i felt like my anger meter
1: just went like up to 100 you know when you're playing a video game and like when your character gets enough boost it can like do special like powers yeah
0: sure like in pokemon yeah, you got super, and sometimes you can have supercharged well,
1: attacks. Mine is just like when the bar gets full; like my brain power goes down more, and I just get like more angry. So uh, yeah, I just felt like paralyzed by my own anger; <laughs> like I couldn't even read anymore. Steve was like, "Download the driver," and I was like, "Go yourself!" Yeah.
0: I know for <laughs> Steve trying to help us, and we're just like, "I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. What do you mean, driver?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why is it called? Why do they have stupid names? Also, I don't understand. It's not a driver. Why can't everything just be intuitive? Why do I have to download 57 programs in order to record a podcast? Why can't you just make a computer? www.podcast.com. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Listeners, if you're out there and you ha- want to start a business, I got we got ideas for you. Yeah, this is what you can do. Start a website. That's just like pod podcast www.podcast.com. Yeah, and then you you open it and it's like, what kind of computer do you have, Mac or Windows? No, and there's the first problem. There should only be
1: one kind of computer. True, there are too many fucking options in this world, (laughs) and that's where everything's getting tangled and messed up. Let's get
0: haunted supports monopolies.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it should just be the best one wins. Right. That's why I'm getting so mad. We have all these stupid wires and everything's tangled. It's just like, why not just have one wire for everything? I'm so angry right now. You got me all worked up by bringing up the past.
0: (laughs) So now, but the silver lining is, so at the end of last episode, which was episode eight, we had said, hey, are you frustrated by the shitty audio quality? We are too. And we have a stretch goal for you guys. And guess fucking what? We We accomplished our stretch goal. And so I want to read off the names of our May Venmo donors who helped us purchase our second microphone amazing so that is julissa d grace k angelo e jacob o keese p sean c kinsley m theo d stiv s randall a amelio c hannah m ashlyn l brent c calvin b Lauren D, Cat W, and Kimberly G. Oh, I love them. I love you guys. You know, I so feel much. like
1: a cool te- like I've always wanted to be a teacher, and I feel like a cool teacher. And this is my class. You know, like this is my homeroom. You know, okay. So every grade had that one teacher that was cool, where like everyone else was like learning and doing stupid shit, but like I don't know, Mrs. Ledbetter was like letting people like build a, like a model volcano or something. Yes, I
0: had an English teacher like that in high school who was so fucking cool. Everybody loved him. He would let us do like puppet shows and like paper mache creative teachers he was really tight creative types we're the best mr levin was his name i don't think he's teaching anymore but mr levin if you're out there i remember you and i appreciate you you were you let us be creative thank you guys thank you to our listeners Thank you for getting haunted with us. And so I, I'm going to read to you the text that I sent Natalia when we reached our stretch goal. Because I want people to understand where their money's going to. <laughs> I don't want people to think that you're donating into like a void of me and Natalia going to the strip club and throwing your money in ones on strippers. Whoa,
1: that's an option?
0: I mean, in a perfect world.
1: All right, you guys. If you want to donate to that, <laughs> you totally can. Just specify.
0: Specify this is stripper money. So I said to her... In all, we received $280.38 in donations towards a new microphone slash cables slash shock mount. The microphone we already have that Steve gave us is an AT4040. So I looked up what the cost of a new one would be for our second microphone so that we both can have the same audio quality on each episode and found a bundle on Amazon info. Oh, my
1: God. I remember reading this and being so bored that I couldn't finish.
0: For $354.39. I asked Steve what he thought, and he said that's a really good bundle deal and to take it. Uh, What did
1: I say to this? Probably something like, just tell me how much I owe, Alyssa. Oh, whoops.
0: I forgot to turn my sound off uh yeah probably but I don't have your response here but I can (laughs) pretend to be you after I finish reading it so basically so then I said a bunch of other bullshit and then I said so I bought the setup and it's coming to my parents house on Sunday receipt attached so basically you and I owe 7401 for the difference on the microphones and then you are actually now my memory's been jogged I do remember what you said you texted me back and you were like So tell me what to Venmo you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I had no idea what, like, you were talking about. But I knew that you were going to, you know...
0: I have had there's no reason
1: even reading that information because like look let's say in a weird world where I did care I would disagree with you you're gonna win that argument because you're gonna like pull up fucking files and be like look this like microphone is the best one (laughs) I went to five different websites and I had a poll on whatever social media and I talked to 15 different people three of them are experts who professional (laughs) who are professionals in deciding what microphones to use for podcasts or like some shit like that
0: Yes, you are absolutely <laughs> right. I would have had receipts ready. But this what do you want to it's know? It's trust. Why? It's because I have had I have lived with so many different kinds of people and you and I don't live together right now, but we used to, but that's what I'm explaining is this is why I am the way that I am like utility bills. Mm -hmm. For example, when you live with people, there's a lot of different kinds of roommates. Some roommates just trust you and you can be like, Hey, um, the gas bill's in my name. It's X amount of dollars total this month. Here's how much you owe me. Or you can just Venmo request the kind of person that's trusting.
1: And some roommates
0: are like, $200 for gas but I
1: didn't even take that many showers. I'm not paying all this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or they're like or they don't believe you and so yeah. they want to see the bill. So I just always go into everything assuming that people don't believe me and so because of that I will send detailed itemized breakdowns of how much we've made how much things cost what we're at right now because I don't ever want to feel like I'm in a position where someone maybe even has an inkling of doubt that they don't believe me and so that's why well it
1: works because I don't even need to read your text like (laughs) when I just start when I see that you've put on your like Alyssa whatever hat boss hat what do you call that hat uh Excel sheet. Excel hat. sheet hat. Yeah. <laughs> when Alyssa's Excel sheet hat comes on, I can fucking sit back and relax. Because yeah. I know everything
0: is about to be taken care of. Well thank you for trusting me. Yeah. And to the listeners, I hope that you can see that you can trust us and that your money isn't being thrown onto strippers although strippers are the best i love them and they performance artists but not for these donations these donations go directly into the company
1: our company our
0: company that we have not (laughs) formally gotten a business license for do we have to get a business license i mean not at this point why don't we just
1: make ourselves a law firm that yes. only works with hauntings. This is
0: perfect. Yes. yes. Do you want to work with an attorney? Terry
1: and Strawn. We have not taken Wait, the bar. that is
0: such a good name for Terry a law Terry and firm. Strom?
1: Strawn. You, you
0: mispronounced your own last name. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: I think on the cusp, you guys. Yes. I'm just so on the edge all the time. I occasionally fall off.
0: Oh, my God. That is such a good law firm name, though. I Terry know. and Strawn. I trust that. It's
1: like the mystery machine. Like It's like Scooby-Doo. Except for law. <laughs> so, like, say your company gets sued by ghosts. Who are you going to call? Terry and Strong
0: do you want to evict a ghost that's squatting in your home <laughs> and you can't get him out luckily for you we know ghost law right and we will sue that ghost into another afterlife you know what would be the best have you ever seen those shitty commercials for like lawyers that are very obviously underqualified and it's a scam and they're like yeah. were you it- did you break your neck in a
1: drinking and driving accident <laughs> yeah. after your 21st birthday guess what it's not your fault it's the car's <laughs> fault <laughs> call us now are you uh,
0: have you ever stubbed? your toe on a door. Class action lawsuit. Oh, my God. Or workers. compensation doors. Like, have, does your big toe hurt? And mm-hmm. it's actually you were never injured at work. Well, guess what? Maybe you were injured and you just don't remember. Mesothemioma. Wait, mesothelioma.
1: No, yeah, mesothelioma. <laughs>
0: yeah. Asbestos. <laughs> Asbestos. Transvaginal mesh. I right. see those commercials all the time, too. Yeah. What? So that's even... what we need to get into
1: that scam. Right. Like you think that you can't sleep because you have anxiety. But actually, it's an old woman whispering in your ear at night and we're gonna need a hundred thousand dollars to get a net made out of a dream catcher and fish through your dreams
0: you know what that reminds me of that reminds me of the time that you saw a psychic and she told you that you were had a s- evil spirit following you and that you had to pay her was it 200 dollars? it was 130 dollars. she wanted natalia to give her natalia didn't do it but she wanted natalia to give her 130 dollars to burn a candle
1: that was my same size and weight. So this was gonna be a candle that was five foot seven, approximately a hundred and thirty pounds, and it was gonna burn for thirty days and nights. In a church in a or something, church. right? Yeah. Yes. And it was gonna wear my clothes. <laughs> so that the spirit would the spirits would go attack it and not me and then during that time I was supposed to pray every night and continue to see her and we were going to banish the spirits and no I didn't pay for it and honestly I think that was the biggest mistake of my life <laughs> because fast forward now what four years later yeah fast forward now four years oh my later God, it's
0: been four years since we lived together
1: yeah and all of the hauntings have happened to me
0: This is, yeah, we're both pretty cursed, but uh, it could be, so, okay, you're cursed because you didn't let the old psychic woman burn a candle, your height and weight, wearing your clothes in a church. Yeah. I'm haunted because I twerked on Tom Riddle's grave. (laughs) (laughs) I love that
1: you said, okay, so everyone listening is like, Tom Riddle, yes, what you're hearing is correct. This was in Scotland. There was a graveyard. It is not Tom Riddle from Harry Potter. Like this is just a random person that died hundreds of years ago and had the unfortunate, uh, for or fortunate experience of being buried on that plot that was later turned into a famous Harry Potter character. Exactly, and prompted Alyssa to twerk on it.
0: I felt inspired. It was the right time. It was the right place.
1: Honestly, that's just such a good example of you know. You just never know. Like, whenever I'm in a dark, bad place, I always tell myself, look at Rick Astley. Like, he probably thought, like, oh, my time has come and gone. Like, I had a one hit, you know, I had a few wonders or, you know, 30, 40 years ago and, like, life is done. And then it's like, little did he know that he was going to become the most famous meme of all time. And literally his name is a verb now. You Rick,
0: you Rick roll somebody. Exactly. That's a very good point. Was he alive to see that happen? I don't know. I don't know either, but I'm going to say he was. Probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing. This guy died 200 years ago and they're like, oh, he was a cobbler, like never made anything of himself. And then, you know, some crazy woman named J.K. Rowling sees your name and is like,
0: I'm going to write a book about witches and fairies. J.K. Rowling is so haunted right now. She needs to shut up. Her tweets are getting outrageous. Yeah. Well,
1: I think she she knows what she's doing. I think she's like, let me stay relevant any way
0: I can. I feel like at first people liked it because people were like, oh, like, that's so interesting. Like, yeah, the book alludes. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you read between the lines that Dumbledore was gay. I mean, he's never married in in the books or whatever. So, like, it's possible. But then she just went on these tangents that now it's, like, so... It's funny. Like, it's turned mm-hmm. into a meme. Like, yeah. like J.K. Rowling pops out of a closet and goes, did you know that Ginny Weasley was in a wheelchair? And everyone's yeah. like, no, she wasn't. <laughs> like, we saw the characters that you picked for the movie.
1: Yeah. You're fucking done. Yeah. You wrote the story. That's enough. Shut yeah, up. Shut up. You're like a bajillionaire.
0: This is the most haunted episode yet. And, Natalia, do you want to explain what we're doing this episode?
1: I don't know what we're doing, but I like it. Okay.
0: What are we doing, Alyssa? Okay. You guys may remember that we've been asking you to tell us spooky stories, your own personal hauntings. Yes. Uh, We've been asking for them in email form and on the Discord.
1: You woke up one day and there was a twine uh, tied to your finger and you followed it (laughs) to an old map. And you had to dig up a treasure box. And then you
0: found out you were Nicolas Cage the whole time. (laughs) So that's what we asked for, um, for. So I saw a tweet, though that said for discord stories i'm just now remembering this mm-hmm. that people wanted us to ask their permission for us before first before reading what? discord stories no so
1: permission I, denied
0: yeah <laughs> so we're not gonna i don't think we're gonna be able to read discord stories today because we're gonna have to ask people for permission but we have 19 emails no. on the lgh email account so we can start reading those let's do it but before we dive into those let's do a personal haunted tale oh god for each of us yeah i think Alyssa can go first so as you guys may remember haunted doesn't necessarily just mean ghosts it could be. It's bad energy. It's bad energy.
1: As everyone knows, everything can be traced back to both ghosts. So you have chronic illness. Actually, know you're haunted by ghosts. Yes, you have yeah. mental
0: illness. Actually, know you're mm-hmm. haunted by, by ghosts. ghosts. Yeah,
1: everything yeah. is ghosts, and anything that goes bad can be attributed to negative forces, aka ghosts. So that's what getting haunted means, and sometimes that can manifest itself as ba- what seems like bad luck in your life, but actually it's ghosts. It's
0: ghosts, and this is what we tell ourselves too to make ourselves feel better. Because sometimes <laughs> there are just things out of your control and stuff is shitty so who can you blame it on ghosts Ghosts. so I want to tell you the tale that probably most of you that follow me on Twitter have already seen uh and that is the tale of my wedding (laughs) (laughs) so let me pull up here uh my notes because I sent the longest text message to Raina today so basically the TLDR for this is we had our wedding venue booked the guy who runs the wedding venue took off with your deposit yeah he absconded with the deposits of at least 30 couples okay i know where to start last year me and natalia the tale begins last year the tale begins last year september of 2018 me natalia some other friends went to oktoberfest in germany Mm -hmm. while we are in oktoberfest keep in mind at that point steve and i had been engaged for a little over a year and a half most people have really short engagements, not me and Steve. So, <laughs> so now we're getting pressure from our families by this point. Like, when are you guys going to get married? Where are you going to get married? And how, it's, how
1: many years passed before you guys picked a venue?
0: Like a, like an, maybe a year and eight months. OK. Yeah. So at this point, we're getting a lot of pressure from our families. Like, what is going on? They like, want the tea. They want the tea. And so we're like, OK, we need to start looking for a venue. Now, unbeknownst to me, while I am in Germany, Steve goes to tour a venue, which if anybody knows Steve personally, knows that this is a miracle, a haunted miracle in and of itself. That's that's already got sketch written all over it. Yeah, like this is sketchy. What what is the ulterior motive here? (laughs) So so Steve goes to look at a venue by himself and he ends up texting me towards the very end of the trip. Hey, I booked a venue. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I went and toured this venue. So... (laughs) Basically, I'm just like, okay, I don't want to turn this into a big deal, even though I would have preferred if he would have consulted me first, because he in the end, at the end of the day, he's doing something nice where like he's putting down a deposit. He on was a venue. really stoked about it too. Yeah, like, he, like I remember being everyone, like, this is a crazy like bachelor pad, yeah, like it's like prohibition, prohibition. Era, era. It's yeah. a historical building. Yeah, he was sold. He was sold. The name of our venue was the Oviatt Penthouse, and it's in downtown LA. It's sort of near where Natalia works. Yeah, and. It's a, it was built in the 1920s or 30s, I don't remember, during the Prohibition by James Oviot, who was this like crazy real estate mogul in LA. And he had this bachelor pad, essentially, penthouse at the top of this really large building. I think at the time it was one of the tallest buildings in downtown LA. Now it's not, but at the time I'm pretty sure it was. And he had like crazy parties there, like swingers parties, like prostitutes he was married by the way uh like he would just bring bitches over to his pad and like his friends and they would all just sit around smoking cigars and like there's a roof that you can go out on and see the city so it was already a cursed haunted property correct because who knows how yes infidelity is haunted anyway so steve really liked it he thought it was really interesting he puts down the fucking deposit so i don't even see this this is september 2018 I don't even see this venue until January of 2019. It was quote unquote under construction when I went to see it. Steve and I go to try the catering. So we go to this tasting. The food is fucking horrible. It's like if you had a microwavable lunchable and you stuck it in the microwave still in the cardboard box and then took it out and then fed it to me. Like it tasted like wet, soggy Mm. cardboard. It was so gross. Steve ends up leaving me there alone at the uh, catering company with this fucking weirdo named Chris (laughs) Adlesh, because Steve's like, "I gotta go, I gotta edit something for SP7. I like can't be here right now." And I'm like, "Okay." So then it's just me and Chris Adlesh and this disgusting food, and I'm talking to him, and I think that he just is the person for this catering company. I Mm -hmm. don't realize his connection to the venue. I didn't because at the time I thought it was two separate companies and so I'm like yeah to be honest with you because he's asking me what I think about the venue and I'm like to be honest with you I don't like it uh but I'm hoping that I can get a florist and like make it look a little less bachelor patty and he was like getting super offended and just being really weird uh and then he's like I was like oh and I heard that I don't get to have a rehearsal dinner which is a problem for me like I'm gonna have to figure that out with the event coordinator because I need a rehearsal Mm -hmm. and he's like Well, how hard is it to walk down an aisle? You went to college, didn't you? And I'm just looking at him and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, this guy is weird. So then finally I figure out. Also,
1: like, what if I didn't go to
0: college? Like, what does that have to do with this? Well, and also I, I, I was so done by that point because the food tasted like crap that I just looked at him and I was like, well, my fiance didn't go to college. Are you saying he's stupid? I used to work at a wedding venue in my younger day. Uh, as a banquet server you always have a rehearsal walk through. if you can't have the rehearsal dinner on site some places don't let you do that but at the very least they let you have a walk through so you can see like okay first you walk down and you're gonna stand here and now you walk down and you stand here and then you're gonna hold hands with this person and then the flower girl goes you know mm-hmm. or like and then the whatever the fuck and it's just because people get nervous the day of a big event where all these eyes are on you and Mm. so it's nice to have a walkthrough he's like well you went to college didn't you and I'm assuming all of your bridesmaids went to college didn't they and I'm like well no not all of them and what does that have to do with knowing where to go on the day of your wedding so I go back I'm super just have like a horrible feeling in my gut like I do not ever want to see this man again and so I call Hannah Pope and I'm like, or no, I didn't call. I emailed. And I was like, hey, hated the caterer. Like, don't want to use him. So I know that I get a discount if I use your preferred vendors. How much, what's the difference going to be if I go with an outside caterer? And that's when I found out that they're the same company. Mm. Because she emailed me back and she was like, you can't use another vendor. Uh, the event, like the venue and the catering company are one in the same. Okay, so then once I find out that I have to use this catering company, Steve and I are like, wow, that food was so bad. Like most people that go to weddings, they want to dance. They want to have an open bar and they want food. Like people are hungry. Like weddings are fun, but for the most part, it's for the couple. And so if you want your guests to have a good time, you need to make sure that there's enough to drink, there's enough to eat and that they're entertained. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, okay, well, if the food's going to be that bad, maybe we don't even want to get married at this venue. So I email her and I'm like, hey, um, we're thinking of pulling out because of how bad the food was. Uh, like, can you let me know what percentage of our deposit we're going to lose if we pull out? She emails back and she's like, you can't pull out. Like it's, uh, you signed, your fiance signed a contract with us. If you pull out, then you forfeit your entire deposit amount. And that's what our policy is. And he signed the contract that states that. And so I have never heard of a venue doing that before, especially that far in advance. By that point, we were still nine months out because I think it was January from the wedding, which Mm -hmm. is in October. And so I was like, oh, okay, another red flag. Uh, And so because I've never heard of that before. Normally, they'll be like, "Okay, you forfeit 20 percent of your deposit or something. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, "Okay, like I need to get all now this is like happening for sure. I, I now I know that I can't switch the catering company. So I just start calling other vendors. I have my photographer booked. I have my florist booked. I had to get wedding insurance because the venue makes you get wedding insurance in case people damage your their stuff because it's a historical building. So I get, I'm like paying all this stuff for all these vendors. Uh, and then yesterday my cake baker called me and was like, hey Alyssa, I'm just calling you because I was wondering, have you heard anything from your venue yet? And I was like, no, why? And in my head I was thinking, oh, are they mad? Because the last email I had ever sent her was like, Your food sucks. (laughs) Like, are they mad at me? Like, what's going on? And she's like, okay, so I don't want you to panic, but I am calling every single person that I'm baking a cake for that has their wedding venue at the Oviat because I just got a call from one of my brides at the end of the day yesterday and she was in tears. Her wedding is next week and she just got a really vague email from Chris, the catering company Mm -hmm. boss, and he sent her a really vague email and all it said was, Sorry, we are no longer able to facilitate your wedding as there has been a medical emergency. Mm. And that's it. And then he didn't respond to any other of her emails. And so she's like, So now she's like, I did my own investigating because she's been working in the uh, wedding industry for 12 years. She knows the Oviat. She's one of their preferred vendors. She's such boss. Like, I'm so glad she called me. Uh, and she's like, And I know that all like there's a lot of other brides that have gotten similar vague emails and then a lot of brides that were never contacted by the Oviat. and she's Mm. like so i wanted to know if you got contacted like no i haven't heard shit from anybody she's like great so something she's like here's a link to an abc 7 news article there's something really big happening and i don't know what it is but nobody knows where chris is Mm. and so i read the article and the article's like hey uh abc 7 action news like on the scene. Da-na-na-na-na. Like Eyewitness News went to uh, Truly Yours Catering brick and mortar shop in Burbank or whatever it is. And uh, it, windows boarded up. Lights are off. Uh, all phone numbers associated with Chris Adlish have been disconnected. We reached out to property management to get a statement. And they said they have no idea what's going on. And he owes them rent. And he hasn't. Uh, they can't find him either. Yeah. And some people had their weddings next week this week two weeks from now and he what just do you do left the wedding in
1: one week and you have all the catering and all that stuff in no venue i know do you just like have it in a like a
0: field i found his instagram chris athlesh's instagram account And people are leaving comments on the photos being like, I'm a bride affected by this or I'm a groom affected by this scammer and this is what's happening to me. And one of the people that was cited in the news article, their wedding was supposed to be either this week or next week, I don't remember. But they had already, I mean, when you're that close to your wedding date, Mm -hmm. you've already paid out of pocket for everything. Yeah, it's Like the deposit is paid to reserve your date, but then, you know, like two months out from the wedding, you're supposed to pay the rest. Mm -hmm. So they had paid him like 20 grand. Mm. And then he just disappeared. Basically, I only know about this because of ABC7's article in my cake baker. Mm I have never heard, I have not heard anything directly from the venue or from Truly Yours or from Hannah or from Chris. Mm -hmm. And so for all I know, like if my cake baker hadn't called me, I would just be living life thinking that my wedding is still in October. Mm -hmm. And so um, like that's not right. Like as far as I know, I don't know anything's going on. So I went on Yelp to see like, is it closed? And it now says that it's closed on their Yelp page. And I was going through the reviews and there's a bunch of people that are just like, what's going on? Why does it say closed? I'm having my wedding here next month. Like I haven't been contacted, like what's going on? And one of the ladies that left a review was like, hey, you can DM me because I'm getting a class action started and I've already filed a police report. So I DM'd her and I gave her my information and they added me to the police report. And that's what's haunted about my... Month? Are you haunted, Natalia? Or is it just me?
1: Oh, no, I'm definitely haunted. But I feel like the only thing I've been freaking out about lately is... So I've been trying to find a common thread that I can sort of like stitch up this traumatic experience that I just am, I guess, am currently going through, but I'm over the worst part of it. And I can't find that thread to like neatly sew it up. I feel like when something bad happens, I'm really good at learning from it and kind of uh, finding the silver lining and being like, you know what, this was a lesson that I needed to learn because of this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And this one's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> because basically, I had been going through life, as everyone knows um gonna die alone who cares like right depressed across my face like who cares social media is a joke like shit post on everything because it's the it's like the only place that like i can come and and just you know like be like what the fuck like who cares you know yeah because the rest of life is so stressful that it's like my art to just go and it's an escape
0: too yeah yeah
1: yeah it's an escape and it's like trolling for me is fun it's just i don't know i've my sense of humor has gotten me through a lot of really hard times and it's something that i've fallen onto when i need to just get out of a dark place is just being able to be like this is a joke right right yes so because i have that kind of outlook that personality and a lot of it too comes from the career that i've chosen just constant rejection that you can't take personally so you're just like this has nothing to do with me and you just kind of get good at not feeling anything Mm -hmm. yeah so i of course i'm like going on Bumble dates with like all these random people that like i have no intention of dating and just kind of like smash and pass whatever who Mm -hmm. cares and then i meet this guy out of nowhere who like i don't even think is nothing like i don't even think he's an, an option anything's gonna happen with him and then before i know it we are like You know, he's, like, sending me flowers and little cards and just being really sweet. And I'm, like, wow, this person is just – I don't know. They're, like, the whole package. And I – we're just like dating and then all of a sudden he's asking me to be his girlfriend and I'm like why are you doing this what do you want from me and he's like I don't know just be you know you because I am yours and you are mine and he quoted something from Game of Thrones and I was like oh my god like I love his like simple mind it's great (laughs) and I don't know just, just everything was good and for the first time in a long time I was like oh my god like I am dating somebody i am going to have somebody to go to all these fucking weddings with me (laughs) i am going to have someone to hold hands with at the stupid fucking sugar pine seven events where everyone's in a goddamn relationship except (laughs) for me like no more like oh natalia's just a party girl like who cares like that's not me i get to have fun for once in my life And so it was just really exciting. And his birthday comes up and I like get him this like really cool gift. And then, you know, I meet his parents. I meet all of his friends. He's like, I love introducing you to everyone. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe this is happening to me. This is amazing. Yeah. You met his family. You met his friends. All of them. All of it was happening all at once. And everything was really, really good. And then uh, he started going through some real stressful stuff with, Um, his like job you know he works in a lab and stuff was not working out his experiments were getting all messed up and his confidence was just kind of getting trashed and me being the self-sabotaging independent person who's had to live so much of their life just by themselves like starts to feel like oh this maybe you know maybe we're not maybe this isn't gonna work now like I start to feel his stress go on me I'm like maybe maybe this is too good to be true maybe he really doesn't actually like me maybe he's pretending to be stressed out from whatever but like the reality is that he's just slowly pulling away from me and he wants to break up with me so I'm gonna break up with him first pretty much Got it. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't, like, thinking that out loud, but, like, that was my demon. That was my demon.
0: dialogue.
1: That yeah. was my demon sitting on my shoulder. Like, yeah, being like, just get out of it before, it's
0: right. before something just happens. Fuck just it get up. out. Yeah. Like,
1: I describe it like I was planting a garden with this person, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, set it on fire. Yeah. Like, just do it. And people will... Yeah. And so... I called him on a Sunday and we hadn't been able to hang out. This was a couple of weeks ago. This was though, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. So I he he told me, look, I'm going to have to do some stuff for work. So for the next six weeks, I'm like, i not going to be able to really see you except for once a week when we go on our date um while I'm just working and I'm like okay and at first everything's fine um and everything's good and I'm like taking it in stride and I'm like oh my boyfriend is like going through a hard time and I'm supporting him and like I'm a wholesome woman now you know and then Sunday comes along and it's I've gone a week without seeing him and I miss him and I have all of the emotions and all of the chemistries just built up and going in my bloodstream and I call him on Sunday night and he answers and he's like I'm watching Game of Thrones. Can I call you back? And I'm like, sure. Click. Well... You got, As soon as that phone hangs up, I'm like, oh, oh, you're going to watch Game of Thrones? You have time for Game of Thrones? Yeah. You're not going to watch it with me? And we're not going to go on a date, but you have time for Game of Thrones? And I'm just, like, pacing around in my house, like, throwing my arms up like a cartoon character. Making the situation worse in your mind. Making it a hundred times worse. Just, like, yes, yes, he is going to watch Game of Thrones without you. And to me, like, in my mind, I was like, wow, this is just the nail in the coffin. He's going to watch Game of Thrones without you, you know? and so then because well, you
0: already hadn't seen him for yeah, a while yeah yeah
1: so it was just like emotional like pent up and i just like didn't have enough patience to just not fucking start a drama over this after he finishes watching it he calls me back and he's like hey and i'm like hey like what's going on and he's like oh yeah
0: sorry i was just watching game of thrones blah, 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 with my friend and i was like with your friend? So he had told you because he's super stressed out and he's in school and he's doing his lab and stuff yeah. that he couldn't see you for six weeks. Yeah, yeah.
1: He said that. And he was like, on my graduation, which is today.
0: Oh, today yeah. is
1: haunted. Today is haunted. He was like, at my, like, he's like, the next time I'm probably going to see you is my graduation because I have to finish my thesis. Right. Yeah. I was like, trying not to give away too many details about this, but it's like, impossible to tell this story without No one's giving. ever
0: going to figure out who it is. Honestly, he doesn't have any
1: social media. Exactly. Like, no he, one's going to know. Which is why I probably fell in love with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so like that that's that so yeah he's like i gotta finish my thesis and in my mind i'm like cool you know and then when they then i just missed him i don't know what happened and so he's like I'm talking to him on the phone. I'm like, yeah, I just want to make sure that you're not trying just secretly to like pull away slowly, inch by inch until you're just di- like disappear. And then, in- like a ghosting situation. Like a ghosting situation. And he's like, no, I really like you. And I just feel so bad. Like, da da da. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, you know what? Can I just, can I just come over? And I, he's like, I'm like 15 minutes from your house. Can I just come over? And I'm like, yeah. So he comes over. And I'm like, I don't know if other people do this when they get into fights, but I feel like I, like make it so uh, like I plan it out and I'm like okay he's going to enter in through that door I'm going to be sitting here and I'm going to be petting this pig and I'm not going to look at him right away I'm going to turn over one shoulder and I'm going to say hello and I'm sitting for any (laughs) listeners that are confused Natalia's babysitting a pig yes Yes. and I'm like I'm going to look over the one shoulder and I'm not going to greet him with any warmth I'm going to be really cold so that he knows that I'm mad but I don't tell him why I'm mad and he just feels he has to figure it out Yeah. And he just feels this lack of love. And then in feeling that lack of love, he's like, wow, I really love her. And I won't break up with her because (laughs) I can't bear to feel this feeling ever again. And that's not what happened. He opened the door. He came in. I gave him the one look over the shoulder, like half glancing hello he was just like yeah we have nothing in common and we don't even watch the same shows and uh you know i just don't i'm not sure about your whole like social media thing and what happened was is i put my head in my hands and i cried and he's just standing there unsure of how to react what do you do when you say some really mean stuff to people that's supposed to incite like an angry fight with them right and then they don't get angry and they don't get angry they get sad and they cry Yeah, I just – my heart just broke because here's someone that I really, really liked and cared about and, like, had just created a whole future that was probably fake in my head because I'm a creative person with that person. (laughs) And here they are telling me that all I am is just, like, a fame whore who's, like, not even good at it because, like, what? I have, like, a few – thousand followers on instagram like who gives a fuck right and it just kind of like shocked me and i was like is that really what you think of me and he's like yeah i mean you never talk about any of your bigger goals or any of your dreams and you know he just like points to my house and he's like like what is this like on the walls and stuff and i'm like well, I'm not going to, you know, sit here all day and be like, yes, who I talked today and like name drop and talk about like web series and
0: stuff I've done and talk about my classes with you because that's boring. Like who wants to talk about that? Right. Well, and also it's not like you guys had been dating for an incredibly long time, like, a, like three months, four months. Like he asked me to be his girlfriend in the beginning of April, I think. But you knew each other before he asked you to be his girlfriend. Right. For like a month and a half. Okay, So (laughs) let's, let's say like four months. You guys knew each other three or four months. Yeah. So I don't think that that's enough time to get into a deep conversation about these are my bigger hopes and dreams and goals anyway. When you're just starting to get to know someone, it's like, this is what I do um and i would like to get to know you you continue to casually date and then it's like okay now i'm gonna introduce you to some friends okay that went well now i'm gonna introduce you to some family okay that went well now we can start cultivating a deeper relationship where i talk to you about like my greatest fears and my hopes and dreams right but you hadn't even gotten to that point yet
1: no and it's not fair because he has lived in southern california and has his whole family here Mm -hmm. you know and so he he has like this whole life that's just around him that's been there for his entire life you know like i all of my fan, i'm by myself in los angeles i live by myself like i am a little raft uh like i am like a little island so it's not really like he can't meet he hasn't met my parents like he hasn't really met my friends He's sort of met my friends but all my friends like live scattered out everywhere he doesn't really know anything about me besides what i choose to show him and i'm not the kind of person who's just gonna like throw up like all of my hopes and dreams on somebody because i'm secure about them i don't need to tell people what they are i think it's pretty obvious what i want to do and yeah so then we broke up and two days after we broke up he had flat like sent me flowers in the mail because they were like for me before we had broken up and oh it was just really 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 hard and i i just like wasn't i just wasn't um i don't know what's the word like i wasn't just emotionally able to deal with that amount of um change it wasn't even change it was just like i okay so when you are in entertainment when you're like M acting when you're choosing a lifestyle that's unpredictable and that doesn't have stability like i don't have a salary i don't have a 401k like the future is kind of just like whatever i make it up mm-hmm. to be you know yes, that people who choose these lifestyles, like we're risk takers and we're aware that there are risks, but it doesn't help us to freak out over them. It doesn't help me before I go into an audition to be like, wow, if I don't get this, I could be struggling for another four years, you know? So I've just gotten really good at like just not caring or just like hardening that part of myself that gets my heart broken. And to have that like uh, somebody like pry themselves into this space this vulnerable space that I kind of forgot how to even control because it's been such a long time since I've really let myself feel anything mm-hmm. I just like lost it like I just got my heart stepped on and I was like calling Alyssa like bawling in tears like multiple times a day just like what am i doing with my life like <laughs> like should i just delete everything and no. i i had even gotten to a point where i like went through my twitter and just started deleting everything and i like and then i was like you know what okay i'm just gonna lock this and i'm gonna like delete like make my picture blank and my instagram i thought about i know i saw that it. you made it private your yeah. twitter mm-hmm. yeah and i deleted like so much stuff i was like okay i'm just gonna take all of my merch and i'm just gonna take it to the homeless shelter and then like all these homeless people will be walking around with click to die <laughs> and like i won't you know i was just running to just get rid of all of it because I was like I just felt like I was a joke that's what I felt like and I wanted to just delete everything and I really broke my own heart with my own imagination
0: which I can do very well and yeah I feel like that is a typical reaction though as a woman I think that I've had similar feelings like that before when going through breakups where our first reaction is to just be like something is wrong with me Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to overthink and overanalyze every single aspect of who I am as a person and what I'm doing with my life. And now I need to change everything because clearly if this person rejected me, then it means that, or if not even rejection, if this relationship didn't work out, it means that there's something really wrong with me at my core. And I think that that's just not true. But I think that that's a common thing that women often go to because we are so self-analytical and maybe some of the male listeners out there that are introspective can relate to this too. Too, that some people who are really introspective have a tendency to go what's wrong with me mm. before looking before stepping outside of the situation and being like no that was fucked up that that person did that mm-hmm. that was not okay and that has nothing to do with me yeah and there are definitely times where like stuff is our faults like I'm thinking of like my past relationships that didn't work out and you think about like there are some where i'm like damn that guy that i was dating why was i ever dating him he was such a dickhead mm-hmm. and then there are other relationships where i'm like man i was kind of a dick mm-hmm. and but i think that that's good to be able to realize the difference and i think in your situation and obviously i'm biased because i'm your friend i think that saying a lot of those things was really unnecessary i mean
1: he apologized profusely after that like after we had that fight uh- you know and in my mind i've been in relationships before so i thought it was just a fight i was like oh this is your classic like we're breaking up i hate you and we're gonna have a really great sex tomorrow night that's what i was thinking you know in my heart and instead the next day i get a call that's just like i'm so sorry for saying those things i'm gonna find a way to make it up to you like that was just me being insecure about my own future like i'm so sorry blah 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 and then you know by that night he calls me again and he's like I just don't see – I'm sorry. I just don't see a future with you, and I never did from the beginning. And I'm like, well, let me get this straight. You asked me to be your girlfriend. You – you introduced went, me to your you family. You introduced me to your family. You invited me to your birthday. You introduced me to all of your friends. You invited me to your graduation. You said you were going to be my date to these weddings this summer. Mm-hmm. We made all of these plans together to do all of this stuff. And I fucking held up my end of the bargain. I met your parents. I met your friends. I made you look really cool because he's a very quiet, introverted sort of dude and i'm coming there you're hyping him up i'm hyping him up yeah and i'm like making him you know i'm i'm being a good girlfriend now it's his turn now it's his turn to go to these fucking weddings with me this summer and he won't be there and he won't do it he won't
0: be able to come to my birthday i'm gonna have nothing and i'm just ah well and also like what do you mean you had your doubts from the very beginning then that's on you then like I'm talking to him right now. Yeah. Like, that's on you. If you had those doubts, you don't need, then you should have never asked me to be your girlfriend if you weren't sure that you wanted and this. And I fought you should him on it too. I was me. like, why do you want to be my girlfriend? We're,
1: or why do you want me to be your girlfriend? We're already hooking up. Like, what do you want from this? I don't know. Kind of in my mind, I'm like thinking that in a few weeks, maybe he's going to come around and see that he was just really stressed out and like be really you know be like oh my god I've changed my mind like I think that's what so many people pray for is just like please like romantic comedy me like please like show up at my house with the boom box like just do it and I even said that to him on the phone I was like I feel like you're gonna change your mind like I feel like you're gonna come around and he was and you're gonna call me in the next few days and he was just like you're never gonna get that phone call nat and I was like, God, that's so fucking harsh and also cool. <laughs> like, like, why can't I be this cool and break up? I will never speak to you again. Goodbye. Like, like well, I could never be that cool. And he is. He did it. And to listeners out there, maybe you haven't, like, allowed yourself to get hurt in relationships. Like, I think it's way cooler to just get your own heart broken and just get fucked up over people than it is to just always people keep people at an arm's
0: distance. <laughs> well, and something that Audrey once told me, which I've already said to you, but I want to say it to the listeners because I thought it was really good advice. Something Audrey once told me was... If you get your heart broken by putting yourself out there, at least you have the peace of mind in knowing that you laid it all out on the table for that Mm -hmm. other person and you were vulnerable and you were honest. And if that person rejects that vulnerability and that honesty, at least you know there's nothing else you could have done differently. So that's our haunted month that we've had. Now we're going to read some haunted stories from you guys. So in case people don't understand what's going on this episode, This episode is not episode nine. This is not episode nine. This is
1: episode 69.
0: This is episode eight and a half. And we're (laughs) doing a mini-show dedicated to haunted stories from the month, haunted stories from you guys, et cetera. So we have a Gmail account. Let's get haunted pod at gmail.com. That's pod like P-O-D, short for podcast. And so our first email comes from Mickey. Mickey says, dear Allie and Nat, I've had several paranormal experiences in my life, so many, in fact, that people started to think I'm crazy, so I stopped talking about it. I got a story that hopefully you ladies will enjoy. When I was young, it was hard for me to make friends because I was a shy kid and I have a weird name. Kids tended to to pick on me. One day when I was four, a little girl came up to me on the playground in my apartment complex. Her name was Shelby. She was awesome. She had pigtails and always wore overalls. She taught me how to swing on the swing set, how to hopscotch, and we were the best of friends. I started to notice odd things around her, though. Like, one, whenever there were no adults and kids on the playground, she would be there. So I thought, okay, she must be shy around other kids and people, too. Then I realized that she was never with a parent. But once again, I paid no mind because I lived on the second floor and my mom would check on me from the balcony every so often. When I was about to start kindergarten, she stopped coming to the playground less and less, until she just stopped showing up altogether. I was sad that I never saw my friend ever again, but I was also excited to make new friends in SK. Anyways, one of my classmates was my superintendent's grandson, and he invited me over to his house. His apartment was the one right under mine. One day when his grandma was making us some lunch, I noticed a photo album when he went into the washroom. The front of the album said Shelby, so I was like, okay, this is interesting. I looked through it. Every single photo in the album was a photo of her. That girl that stopped showing up to play with me. Pigtails. Overalls. I was excited. Maybe that was my friend's sister? I asked my friend who she was when we were in his room. He told me that it was his aunt that got killed when she was five. When she was playing on the jungle gym, she fell off the playground and broke her neck and died on the spot. Oh my god. Needless to say, that was my first prominent memory and I seldom tell people that story just so they think I'm, don't, I'm not nuts. What do you think it was? Do you think I was befriending a spirit or was it just a coincidence and she was just an imaginary friend? Thanks. P.S. So stoked for this podcast. And I only watch Sugar Pine 7 when it's the Sugar Fine 7 edition. Cheers. Yours truly, Mr. Mix. Oh. Mickey. Wow. That is such a cool... I got the chills like twice I did. reading that. that as well. So let's answer his question. What do you think?
1: You know, it's funny because my first instinct is to be like well he's just lying and then i was like wait why why would he lie yeah (laughs) what what reason does he have to lie and that's just yeah i just i'm so jealous that he's had this experience and i
0: haven't mickey this is so cool i i think it was so crazy yeah i think it's a spirit i think it's a spirit too yeah maybe oh you know what it is his raycon is probably like super high high. mickey did you take the raycon test in episode five i would be super interested in knowing what your results were because this is a haunted experience it's essentially the apple like your imaginary friend was a ghost Mm -hmm. did you have an imaginary friend growing up i never did hmm yeah. Me no,
1: I was an attention seeker, though. So, like, I would pretend to have an imaginary friend in situations where I knew it would make me look interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, like, I did a lot of stuff like that, too. Like, with Santa Claus, like, I never believed it ever. But, like, in a situation where, like, I could do something to make myself look cute by believing in Santa Claus, I would take it.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. I believed in Santa Claus until, like, way too late in life. I think I found out Santa wasn't real when my friend Tracy told me Santa wasn't real in, like, second grade or third grade. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't believe her. I was like, Santa's real. And I thought that Santa and Jesus were friends <laughs> and that and that that's how Santa knew when people were misbehaving because Jesus sees all and he would be like hey Santa Alyssa just did this on the playground and that's like not very nice she deserves coal this year like I thought that they were best buddies and so I was like constantly on my best behavior and I was like no even just thinking that Santa's not real I like equated it to religion where I was yeah. like even just thinking Santa isn't real is like bad and then he's not gonna bring me gifts so I was right. like, I, like rejected whatever Tracy said okay so Mickey I I think that you had a ghost. Following yeah, I you think
1: I think Mickey's a a medium, and I think that this spirit chose to reach out to him because they're the same age.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And
1: maybe only because your parent wasn't with you.
0: Yeah, or because you were a naturally like have a strong raycon, or you were naturally vulnerable because as supposedly as a child is when you're supposed to be able to see spirits mm-hmm. because you're more connected to your past life mm-hmm. at that point because you're new to the world. I don't know. Lots yeah to, you're lots just not info, on autopilot yet
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah the next one is from sean connor
1: sean connery yeah <laughs> <laughs> just kidding sean connor hi nat and ali loved the first episode you mentioned you may want people to tell you their supernatural experiences and i have one for you it might be long but i feel the details are important Ooh, Alyssa, can you relate to this yes i can <laughs> it started a few years ago Every night when I laid in bed, I would see these creatures I could only describe as demons. A giant owl humanoid was the first one. The rest were like the illustrations from scary stories to tell in the dark, but fully realized. I would see them standing across the room, clearly, staring at me. I would scream in shock at these grotesque figures, but nothing would happen to me. They wouldn't speak to me or touch me. I'd close my eyes and try to fall asleep, and when I'd open my eyes, they would be gone, or they would be closer to me. I eventually fell asleep. Hold on a second. No, you don't fall asleep after it's maybe closer to you. It became a normal nightly experience. I stopped screaming at their appearance and learned to just accept (laughs) that it would happen.
0: I just love to imagine this guy's parents hearing him scream and just being like, ugh. I just like I'm not gonna go check on him. Like <laughs> I just love to imagine, yeah, him just being like,
1: ah, and then just like stopping, and the demons just like, are you done? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every night it would be a new demon. Eventually, it stopped happening when I was in bed, and would happen everywhere I go. Hands popping out of sink drains. Ooh, lady in black what? hair passing through the wall. Wait, how next are we to just gonna desk? gloss
0: over that? Hands popping out of drains. I want to hear more about that, Sean. Send us another email. Yeah showing
1: up and sitting in the back seat of my car etc these are like all of the things that i tell myself will never happen oh my
0: god i never look how are we glossing over this sean we want to I hear know. the dirty details because he said it just became a normal nightly experience sean send another email
1: You're, sean your heart is hardened yeah <laughs> it's not every day but at least once a week now i now know that they aren't real and that i may have developed some sort of mental disorder that caused them to appear to me i'm 28 oh. years old now and this only started happening in 2016 oh. oh the thought came across my mind recently what if they're real and they're trans-dimensional entities that only appear to certain people or if they choose who to show themselves to it's an out there theory but one i think you two might find interesting nonetheless thanks for your time sean that is Shawn, super interesting sean i think that's something that we pick up on all the time it's like Uh, where do we draw the line between mental illness and hauntings? Because they're kind of one in the same since, you know, supposedly rational people don't believe in ghosts. We don't believe in hauntings. So if you experience it, you must be mentally insane. And also with mental disorders or like just the spectrum of mental health, the, I feel like now we're in a place where it's so fluid that it's like kind of hard to decide what makes someone, you know, uh, what makes someone experiencing like because what you experience is your reality right so right. kind of like to me it doesn't matter if you're experiencing this because it's reality it's or reality it's or because it's not yeah i just think that you're you're still experiencing it and it's scary and that makes it valid I think I once had a conversation when I was a lot younger I think I was like probably like 22 or something I was kind of obsessed with all of this like supernatural unexplained things and I was at a party with someone who I also love to talk about like aliens and you know things that can't be proven and conspiracies and stuff and they were like you know sometimes the curtain can be pulled too far back Mm. and when you see the inner workings of the play going on it takes away from the narrative and I thought that was a really beautiful metaphor because like let's say we're watching Romeo and Juliet it's this gorgeous love story that's just so precious and cool and it's like the experience Uh, you get of being told that story now if you were to pull back the curtains and see the actors changing behind there and see the lighting and see the sand coming up and down it wouldn't be as cool and it would also be really confusing and take away from this awesome love story that you're watching so sometimes I think that analyzing why these things are happening to us isn't as helpful as just taking those emotions that you're experiencing from that and turning it into something like art.
0: And I want to hear more about someone sticking their hand out of a drain. Yeah. I mean, that's haunted as fuck. Was it a woman's hand? Yeah. How, what did it look like? What was it like while you what were What about the person your in your back seat? So interesting. This person is called That Dude Rob and he sent us an email and he says, I would love to hear what you think about the history behind the song Gloomy Sunday. There was a number of suicides that were possibly caused by the song. Let me quickly, let me pull that up. <sighs>
1: Way That's like a did the chicken come before the egg situation because a song called Gloomy Sunday that's sad is attracting people who are sad or making people sad.
0: Oh, there's a whole article about it. Gloomy Sunday, also known as the Hungarian suicide song, is a popular song composed by Hungarian pianist and composer Retzo Ceres and published in 1933. The original lyrics were titled, The World is Ending, this is the translation, and were about despair caused by war ending in a quiet prayer about people's sins. Poet Lazio Havor wrote his own lyrics to the song titled, Sad Sunday, in which the protagonist wants to commit suicide following his lover's death. Okay, well, yes, then I I totally agree with what you're saying, Natalia. And I think, too, this can be related to um 13 reasons why did you just read that study about for the during the two or three months after 13 reasons why came out there was a spike in teen suicide and a lot of the spike was after the people watched a couple episodes of 13 reasons why um and a lot of the suicides kind of mirrored what she does in the movies and copycat syndrome is a real thing yep and we have a tendency to romanticize suicide a lot of the time oh yeah yeah and so yeah that would be what i think about it um i think we're probably on the same page right yeah, yeah. I, I 100%. Okay, so next email. Do you want to read it? Oh, sure. Hi, ladies. I'm from y'all's Discord
1: group. And let me just start off by saying I adore you two so Aww, much and have you. been for a long time. This podcast is so great. I wanted to talk about wendigos. Wendigos are Native American folklore. They are man-eating monsters who can transform into different things to trick people. A lot are observed to be coyotes. They can also mimic people's voices and will call out to you sounding like a loved one to lure you to them. They typically have to do with winter slash starvation. I'll explain. The natives believe there are a few ways to become a Wendango. The main two I know and like the most is to either be summoned by a witch. I fucking love this, by the way. (laughs) Or to have cannibalized another human. That is haunted. Fucking love this. Once a human tastes human flesh, they will have to keep eating it. The human grows large, skinny, with its skin stretched tautly over its bones. The wendigo will always be hungry. Every meal it eats, it grows in comparison. This is why they work so hard to get their next meal. They're ravenous. When famines occurred in older times, the tribes would perform a certain dance. Wendigo... Kahimoan. I'm not sure, but this word looks very ancient yeah. <laughs> and definitely not English. To ward off the windingoes. People also reported being possessed by a windingo when they had no choice but to eat people. According to records, to those people who were actually possessed, they became someone different than their typical personality and started attacking their friends and loved ones and eating them alive. This is a short synopsis of them, you know, and I like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Wendingos are so neat to learn about and rich with history. I absolutely think Wendingos are out there. A little cheesy, but Ghost Adventures did an episode on Skinwatcher Canyon, a place where witches are said to summon the Wendingos, and it was A+. Love you two so much, and thanks for the read. Uh, Illy, or just Wendingo on Discord. I love that she her handle is Wendingo. Like, that's how much she is
0: interested by these
1: all the stories we've heard today this has been my favorite and i'll tell you why because it's the best yeah
0: (laughs) i love witches and i mean it's fair to say too like once a human has tried human flesh they can never eat anything else because there are so few people that are cannibals that who are you going to talk to to verify that that's true? Well, you know? all,
1: yeah. Also, too, I feel like once you've broken that barrier down, of if you're starving to death and you've had a taste of human Donner flesh. Donner
0: party. Yeah. Haunted. And
1: then you're like, oh, you know what? This is what I have to do to survive. So I guess I'm just going to keep doing it.
0: I once said to Steve, oh, that's like the Donner party. I don't remember what we were talking about. And he goes, what's the Donner party? <gasps> Maybe we should do an episode on we it. We should, because that's haunted as as F. And we should also do a story on um, Skinwalker Ranch. Yes. Yes. So thank you for your email. The next email is from Jonathan Barness. Hi, my name is John. First of all, I'd like to start by saying just how much I enjoy every episode of the podcast. I mean, I'm typically not even the type to write into a podcast or anything of the sort. We are honored. Thank you, Jonathan. Hmm. We've turned someone into a nerd. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The house that I grew up in has no shortage of haunted stories. From TVs and radios turning themselves on in only one room of the house, even when unplugged, to disembodied voices echoing through the heating ducts when there's only one person home, to doors slamming on their own and full-body apparitions of a little girl. Long story short, shit's weird. Oh, my God. There was a time when my mother and I had just gotten back from a meeting and were sitting in the car in the garage talking. We could clearly hear our two dogs barking in the house. After a few seconds, we heard a voice shout, shut up from inside. My mother and I heard the voice at the same time. Okay, now I have the chills. We immediately ran inside and found that there wasn't anybody else in the house. We checked every room and closet and there wasn't a single other person. For whatever reason, my bedroom seemed to be a hot spot for any and seemingly all activity that occurred. There were a few times where I would walk into my room late at night, open the door, and there would be a girl standing in the center of the room dressed in a gray nightgown. Oh, my God. uh... She'd always disappear a few moments later. She never talked or moved anywhere. She'd just appear and then disappear. It should also be noted that it was in my room where TVs would power themselves on. There were also times where I'd unplugged devices that were turning themselves on to see if it was just a short or not. And there were three separate instances where they still turned on, even though they were unplugged.
1: We need this kind of haunting. We can't get any of our electronics to work. I know,
0: right? (laughs) Yeah, we struggle just to get this podcast out. The craziest stories come from my job, though. When you work at a nursing home for long enough, you become rather acclimated to the concept of death. There's a trend at the nursing home where I work, where haunted stuff starts to happen more frequently when a resident is beginning to pass away. We have lamps that will turn themselves on in only one room, call lights that will turn themselves on in empty rooms, and even residents seeing children in the building where there are none. There was once a resident who was about to pass, and she began to repeat over and over that the baby is crying. Nobody knew what she was talking about until she finally snapped to and said that an employee's baby—I won't use the names out of respect for privacy— was crying in heaven. We later found out that the exact employee mentioned recently, oh, that the exact employee she mentioned had recently miscarried and hadn't told anybody that she was pregnant yet, not even her husband.
1: Okay, hold on one second there. What, that is the last thing you want to hear as a person who just miscarried is that your baby is crying in heaven. Right, why why not the baby's
0: laughing in heaven? Yeah, it's like your baby is president of heaven. Yeah, oh, One day, a coworker and I were putting away some drinks after a meal, and a gallon of juice was suddenly thrown across the room at us. Neither of us had touched it or were anywhere near the juice even, and there was nobody in the cooler with us. We've often had residents complain about seeing black shrouded figures in the corner of their rooms. Just two weeks ago no, as of writing I this, that. I went to walk into the kitchen and could see through the little window in the door that there was a tall black figure standing by the oven. I have the chills. Yeah, that makes me want to cry. It, it was devoid of features, just a vaguely humanoid shape. When I opened the door, the figure vanished. Later that day, a resident I was particularly fond of passed away. No, I hate this. This, is That's such, the this Grim email is such bad vibes. I know. I'm getting oh my like God.
1: stickies all over I know, me. I'm like
0: nervous. i'm in the sticker i have a bad feeling in my
1: stomach yeah something bad is happening to all everyone there will never be joy in this world again oh my
0: god jonathan why have you cursed me sorry for the barrage of stories but this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to weird shit that i've experienced not to mention stories from my family as well feel free to use any or all of these in an episode if you'd like but don't feel obligated to well, joke's on you, Jonathan, because we already did.
1: Joke's on you, Jonathan, because I'm going to have nightmares Yeah. Tonight. Oh.
0: The Grim Reaper,
1: I absolutely believe, is real. Yes. It, and every single culture that they have that black shrouded figure.
0: I, like, feel so uncomfortable after reading that story. Like, I 100% believe it. And that's why I feel uncomfortable is because that's so frightening. Yeah. That the Grim Reaper is just visiting people in the nursing home. Oh, Yeah. So we're almost done with listener stories. you want to read this one? Good
1: night, Guy. A personal story. So this happened to me years ago. Figured I'd share. Names were changed. So November 2012, me, Steve, Tyler, Becca, Jess, and Kelly, my friends, went to a local cemetery with a Ouija board.
0: Ooh. This is already haunted.
1: Yeah. And there's a photo down here and I'm getting nervous (laughs) because I don't can't see the whole photo, but I feel like once I see it, my soul is going to be eaten. Oh, well the girls decided to sit out so tyler steve and i began before this only jess steve's girlfriend knew he had a demonic presence that followed him we began the session and it started off well
0: why does this why is this man playing with a ouija board when he already has a demon following him this man is inconsiderate of his friends and why at the cemetery so haunted
1: I wonder, I bet Jess and him had a fight before this. And she was like, I just can't believe you. You always do this.
0: You always bring your demon everywhere. It fucks (laughs) up my plans.
1: (laughs) We began the session and it started off well, peaceful, asking normal questions. Then it became cruel, evil even, very quickly. Steve began to almost convulse and the girls began to freak out. We, Tyler and I, had to forcibly end the session. Steve was still convulsing the girls got scared and left the cemetery Tyler and I picked up the Steve. girls
0: leave the cemetery while Steve is on the ground having a seizure
1: okay but would if you your boyfriend with the demons is like foaming at the mouth and I'd having call a seizure yeah away from him <laughs> my ass is running away with my cell phone on speaker like nine I'm oh reporting my God. an emergency uh we okay hold on let me find my spot Steve was still compulsing. The girls got scared and left the cemetery. Tyler and I picked up Steve and ran him out of the cemetery. I put my mezuzah, the Jewish version of a cross, around his neck when we were out. Once its silver chain touched his skin, he was back to normal. I ran back into the graveyard to get the board. The planchette was moving by itself. Not much, just a bit. I put it back in my backpack and then ran back to the group. We walked back to the town. Steve handed me my mezuzah, i could be saying that wrong sorry i think it's I... mezzeza. Mezzeza. M- okay i think steve handed me my mezzeza and said he was good okay steve
0: all right steve uh, we right. still need to take you to the hospital steve sir. i still have to terminate our friendship uh, yeah. indefinitely i still need to take you to an exorcist and the hospital <laughs>
1: uh okay steve handed me my mezu- mezuzah
0: I think it's mezuzah. I remember Lil Dicky saying something in an interview about his mazeza. Oh, mazeza. Okay, I, I agree. Then. He may have been mispronouncing it in his interview, though, because he was like, whatever the fuck it's called, the Mazaza. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all agreed to never speak of that again. Back in town, Steve handed me the mezuzah back. When he took it off, it looked like the chain had almost burned him. After that happened, I took the board and planchette home. I decided I'd burn it keep the planchette and burn the board i covered it with gasoline and lit it as it burned i asked will anything follow me if i burn this board its answer the word yes didn't burn i i just got chilled <laughs> i just got chills because this photo is of the yes that didn't burn no look Natalia. even though it wasn't covered in gas it didn't burn no
0: oh! oh my god we might have to post that to the instagram i am terrified all these
1: fucking assholes from no sleep reddit coming in our i'm like on the
0: verge of tears right now from all of these haunted stories okay we've got three left that was the best one wait uh we have two left okay hannah lockley hello listener from the uk here Absolutely love the podcast, even though I fall into the category of being absolutely terrified of everything paranormal, et cetera. I can relate to that. Yes,
1: that's why we like it.
0: Yeah. But still fascinated by it. And the two of you are incredibly incredible and entertaining. Thank you. Oh, I like her. And I'm so happy that this podcast is a thing. We're happy that you're a thing. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I'll get to the point now. Sorry, it's only short, but it's a story I think about a lot. My grandma has had a lot of weird happenings all throughout her life. Everyone in my family jokes about her having a sixth sense. Raycon. Yeah. She won't go upstairs in my auntie's huge old house because she was scared to and just senses bad things, in quotation marks. When the police showed up at her door to tell her her husband was in an almost fatal accident, she already had her coat on and was leaving because she had already felt something had happened. She's seen paintings fly off walls in her old houses, all kinds of shit. But I think this sixth sense sometimes transfers to the people and the area around her. Back to her husband, my granddad, whom I never got to meet, which I'm actually kind of thankful for, as he was a horrible man. <laughs> Maybe that's why this whole thing took place. I don't know. That near fatal accident meant he had to have around 50 large metal rods and amazing and pins surgically placed into his legs after a car crash. That sounds terrible and painful. Doctors told him he'd never walk again. After months, amazingly, he did. Okay, side note here. Sometimes I feel like doctors just tell you the worst-case scenario so that they can prepare you for the worst, and then if you cuz I always hear stories like they said he'd never walk again and then he Yeah, did. I just
1: literally don't listen to doctors. I need, like then you <laughs> you don't get sick. If you just never listen to doctors, you never get sick.
0: But still, he experienced <laughs> I'm just going to gloss over that. But still, he experienced a lot of complications from the accident and died at about the age of 35. Oh, that's so sad. That's like my nightmare. My mum, who was really young at the time, can't have been older than 10, was in her bed one night exactly a month after he'd passed with her Staff- Staffordshire Terrier named Bully. She had just woken up in the middle of the night seemingly for no reason, but she saw Bully was staring at the empty space next to her bed on the opposite side she was laying. Obviously, nothing was there, but then Bully's head started to turn slowly as if following something around the bed. Okay, now I got chills. And my mum started to hear the sounds of someone walking on carpet Ugh. as, as Bully's head turned. She was absolutely terrified and just watched and listened. Follow following the footsteps slowly up until they reached right next to her side of the bed where her head was. The footsteps stopped for a second and then she jumped out of bed and ran screaming to my grandma's room. My mom said she knew it was her dad that was in her room that night. This is obviously nothing crazy compared to some of the paranormal stories out there, but I'm sure you can understand when something real happens to you or someone you know, it's kind of crazy and terrifying, in my opinion, because if anything like that ever happened to me, I'd never recover from the trauma. And the fact that the dog noticed and not only listened, but watched. Ugh, I can't. Mm. Anyway, I love you both. Thank you for t- so much for taking the time to read this email if you do. look for- Looking forward to future podcasts. Hannah. Hannah, that is wild.
1: I actually think that's a great story because it you don't need to have, you know, these like wild, scary things happening. You can have something as simple as your father who you really loved passed away and then they visit you. And that is scary. Like, I feel like in a scary movie, they would be like, oh, it's it has to be a demon. But just having any sort of supernatural force, even if it is someone that's you trust and love, is fucking scary.
0: It is scary. I mean, and especially, too, because if you're someone like me and Natalia who have very rarely, at least, like, very rarely ever experienced anything paranormal, then I'm sure seeing something paranormal for the first time or hearing about a personal family experience of something paranormal for the first time, like, that is terrifying and something that's going to stick with you forever.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. I don't like the sounds of the feet on the carpet.
0: Yeah, that's super scary. And dogs are already have a sixth sense. So that's freaky. That's real yusuf god um uncommon occurrence
1: dear lovely ladies of the let's get haunted pod thanks for hi. thinking we're lovely my name is yusuf and i'm 22 and i live in cairo egypt
0: Ooh. is it y- yusuf or yosef i think it's y- yusuf yusuf
1: OK, I can't tell you how much I have been enjoying every second of the podcast episodes you guys have been posting. Keep up the good work. Thank oh, my you. gosh. I can't believe somebody in Egypt, which is Thank like probably so the most haunted of all time. Yeah, because you
0: guys got the pyramids there. Yeah, mummies. You, you guys got mummies. You guys got Brendan Fraser with the the, the Beatles and the curses <laughs> and the Indiana Jones. Yeah. and Oh, yeah. You guys have Indiana Jones coming yeah. in to steal the cursed treasure. Anyway, here's
1: a story about my closest encounter with the spooks. It was the summer of 2018, my first time ever living alone in an apartment. I had just moved in not that long ago, and I was starting to settle in. One night, I went to grab some snacks and some drinks to watch some Netflix, and when I came back, something felt wrong. Kind of like an instinct kicked in. I just felt something's not right, like a sense of caution from something. I checked around the apartment. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary, so I just ignored that when all of a sudden a power cut happens and everything shuts down. So I lit a candle, turned on my flashlight, and proceeded to try to sleep in the dark when I started to hear repetitive, slow thuds coming from my bathroom, Mm -mm, almost as if they were footsteps. No. I immediately started to get anxious at the time my crazy neighbor starts yelling and shouting and also knocking hysterically on his door at that moment. What? I sat by my door just for safety and kept trying to talk to him, but no use because he was out of this world rambling and shouting things of no meaning. I slowly made my way to the bathroom, only to find nothing there. Weird. I calmed myself down a bit and decided it was time to go back to bed. Once I started to slip into a deep sleep, the wall above my bed suddenly starts to make loud, repeated banging noises, so loud that you'd think someone was stuck in between the walls or something. I hate that. I stood up in bed and just glared at my surroundings when I started glimpsing out of the corner of my eye this weird white shimmer. It just comes by and goes slowly a couple times, and every time it passed, I felt a cold chill around my neck and shoulders, and the hair on my body would stand up straight, like someone was holding me but very lightly. At that moment, I started to panic. I'd get out of my room and shut the door quickly. And I call my good friend, Joe, at 3 in the morning. I explain to him the weird things happening to me and ask to sleep at his place for the night, which I did. Thank you, Joe. That's me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. After digging around the internet the next morning, we found out that a lady had burned herself and tried to burn her husband with her in this particular apartment years ago. After they had a huge argument and that the crazy guy living in the apartment in front of me last night was actually her husband who had gone mad from seeing his
0: wife burn to death. Wait, so this guy lives in a Jiko Bukin, but in Egypt. In in
1: Egypt, yep. And that's when I realized what I saw the night before might have been her spirit. I don't know if you, but I don't know about you, but ever since that day, I haven't been the same. I hope this made for a good read. You and the fellow audience, much love and support to you both. Stay austin. I'll say awesome sincerely you say well damn yeah, I don't like that.
0: Yeah, that would f-
1: you guys. Ugh. You guys have some serious hauntings. Here I am. Here Alyssa is like, oh, my venue got canceled, and I'm like, someone broke up with me, and y'all are like, oh, there's a demon like visiting me in my sleep.
0: Also, I just want to say to all the demons out there who may be floating around me, spinning apples, like just like <laughs> waiting for the opportunity for my raycon to peek so that I can see them. It's I want to let it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It's 2019. We have to ask for consent now before we get haunted. <laughs> So all of you demons out there need to get with the program. It's the 21st century. It's
1: never going to happen for me because I'm too focused on my own bullshit to notice anything yeah. else going out. <laughs> There's literally
0: there. a demon trying to eat you alive and you just walk through it. You're yeah, like... I'm just
1: like, oh, man, I wonder if I'm going to get a text back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yosef, that was or Yusef, that was such a good a good one. So we actually do have one more. This is the very last Ooh. one. Merlin fam. Oh, it's the same last name as Vicky.
1: Merlin. Merlin. Like the wizard?
0: Yeah. Love you, Merlin. Love your name. Okay. Hey there. I'm a big fan of the show and saw on Twitter that people can send in personal experiences. I've had a couple of different ones, but this one was recent and has stuck with me quite a bit. I was visiting Vietnam with parents after my college graduation. We were visiting family and taking a vacation. The last time I went was about six years ago. My grandma on my mother's side, came with us because she hasn't been back to Vietnam in a long time and is getting older, so it may be her last chance. The trip was fine, but I noticed my grandma asking my dad about what I could only translate as a grave. I don't know what that means. So I asked my mom if grandma was asking dad, oh, 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 so her grandma's saying in Vietnamese to the dad something, but um, Merlin can only make out that she's asking something about a grave. So I asked my mom if grandma was asking dad to build her a grave in Vietnam. It wasn't a weird request because the reason we have a house in Vietnam was because my other grandma on my dad's side told my dad that she wanted to die in Vietnam. She then explained that a long time ago, my grandma's mom and sister were murdered in cold blood. They were going to the market and some people shot them. My grandma's family was extremely poor, so they could only afford to build a proper grave for her sister, but not her mom. Got it. That sucks. My grandma wasn't asking my dad to build her a grave. She was asking if he would build her mother a grave. My dad said, of course, and hired people to do the job. After the grave was complete, we held a small celebration. In Vietnam, we take death and burials very seriously. After the party, when we went back to the house. My grandma and I got ready for bed. We were sharing a bed. My grandma fell asleep easily, but I've always had difficulties. After some time passed, I started hearing something strange. My grandma was jerking around and kicking. She was speaking in a low, hushed voice that didn't sound anything like her. She was grunting and shaking her head. I knew my grandma sometimes get nightmares, and she tells us to just wake her up. So that's what I did. I smacked her thigh a bit, and she calmed down and slept with no problem throughout the night. The next morning, I told my mom what happened, and she looked a little confused slash surprised. Earlier that morning, my grandma spoke to my mom about a dream she had. The dream is as follows. She was in a white space with fog. Her mother appeared and told her, "'Thank you for my grave. I need to take you somewhere.'" and she grabbed her hand and led her deeper into the fog. The scene changed, and my grandma was in the market where her mom and sister died. This time, however, the men were yelling and pointing their guns at her. She started screaming, and the scene changed to dogs biting at her and tearing her skin off. And then it all stopped, because that's when I woke her up. It's just really weird, and a lot of spiritual people I talked to said I may have saved my grandma's life. I'm glad I did, if I did, but it just creeps me out that it happened. I'll attach some pictures so you guys can see what a big deal graves are in Vietnam. One is just kind of a rundown graveyard, and the other is my grandma on her mom's grave. So let's look at these pictures together. So I'll post these pictures to all the pictures that people sent in today. I will post to the Instagram. Oh, wow. Oh, your oh, grandma's yeah. so cute. Very cute.
1: Okay, so it's l- it's like an altar where you can come and pray and, right. and meditate and spend time.
0: Yeah, spend time with your deceased loved one or honor them yeah. that's a beautiful grave yeah, that your dad built for your grandma that's awesome i wonder what the dream meant maybe it was someone trying to drag her down into the afterlife mm, the dogs biting the yeah te- oh that's off. oof. i hate that tearing at her flesh and trying to rip her skin off that is so scary to me
1: yeah i Ugh. think from a spiritual perspective it's just like now she has a resting space so she d- probably just If I were to interpret that, I would think, yeah, now she has a resting space, so she doesn't feel this constant danger.
0: Yeah, or or now is not in limbo anymore. Like, her spirit's not in limbo or Mm. whatever your belief system is. Some people call it purgatory. Like, now she's been able to pass on to the other side. Yeah. So these stories were fantastic. Yeah, you guys, write in more. Write in more. And we're going to try to do one of these personal story episodes maybe once a month depending on how many emails we get right so at least once every other month might be the goal uh and maybe we should call it let's get personal
1: yeah let's get personal let's get
0: personal mini episode one a mini that's not so many because we're at the two hour mark now but we will cut it down yeah So thanks, guys, for tuning in. Yes,
1: and if you would like to support us, you can retweet. You can share our stuff. We love that. Uh, That's going to help us the most is to keep this thing going.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate all the people that have said that they're recommending us to their friends and family. Yeah, and we love the fan art.
1: Mm. I mean, this is, you know... This is a very time-consuming hobby we have going on here. So when you guys say that it's bringing you joy and we're entertaining you, that's why we do it. And it feels really good. And I need that sort of attention yeah. in my life.
0: It's like it's taking something haunted, like these haunted stories, and then converting it into a positive because we've created this mu- uh, this community around a haunting. And that's how we defeat the ghosts, Terry yes. and Strawn. Terry and Strawn at your service, here mm-hmm. to sue the ghosts into purgatory and that's what we're here for um and so like natalia said if you want to support the show you can venmo us at natstron at dog mom usa or we are right now in talks with a merch company Uh, i can't reveal too much right now but they are taking a risk on us they are thinking of selling one of our merch items to see how it goes so when that launches please be on the lookout because it if you guys buy the merch item that we're selling and it goes well, then they are open to selling more merch items and helping us design stuff. And that would just be amazing. And, and if you're
1: unsure, buy it for your mom and your dad yeah. <laughs> and their families.
0: And if and if you can't support monetarily right now, a way that you can help us out that really does translate into um monetary support for us would be leaving a five-star review on itunes mm-hmm. leaving a comment on soundcloud reposting our episodes giving us a listen on spotify uh, or you can refer us to friends or family
1: yeah and check out our reddit and
0: the discord and twitter and instagram mm-hmm. and we love you guys and we're having fun and we hope that you are too. keep writing in yep okay Bye. bye And now it's time for our ending credits. Our logo was made by Alexa Dillon. Our theme song was made by Stephen Subdick. Our banner illustration was made by Ayana Rose. If you'd like the timestamps for today's episode, here they are. Alyssa's story begins at 15 minutes and 38 seconds. Natalia's story begins at 27 minutes and 6 seconds. Listener stories begin at 45 minutes and 21 seconds. Thank you so much to all of our May donors who we named in today's video. We love and appreciate you more than you know and are so excited to keep making content for you. We hope you're having just as much fun as we are and we'll see you next episode.